Today on Locked On Canadians, Caden Gooley's first goal is Brendan Gallagher back to the way he once was. Samuel Montombo has an excellent game and the power play is still not fixed. All of that plus mailback questions on today's Locked On Canadians. Locked On Canadians, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi there, everyone, and welcome to episode 715. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online remains the best place to go for all your betting needs. They have you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online is where the game starts. And tonight's game between the Montreal Canadiens and the Buffalo Sabres ended. With a goal, who we we still don't know who scored it. Um, <laughs> my name is Laura Sava, also known as the Active Stick, and I'm joined as always by my wonderful co-host Scott Matla, who I must thank because he allowed me the night off to bake cookies with my mom on the day before she left for home. So, Scott, thank you very much. And how are you this evening? I am good, and in terms of who that goal belongs to, NHL.com is still attributing it to Josh Anderson, despite the fact it very clearly hit either off of Brendan Gallagher's stick or off of Christian Dvorak in the front of the net. But, you know, beggars can't be choosers. I don't care if Bucks in the net and the Habs escaped Buffalo uh, with a win that they don't usually get uh, when it comes to – oh. NHL.com. Oh, nope. It's still there. It's still Josh Anderson. I thought they'd removed it for a second. I was gonna be like, wow, that's in real time. Uh, the Canadians don't often go into Buffalo and come out with a win. So this was a nice game to see. And the story of the night is uh, Samuel Montembeau was phenomenal in all aspects tonight. He made routine saves look hard and hard saves look routine. He was absolutely everything the Canadians needed making 43 saves on 45 shots, just a really strong bounce back performance in net for him. He gets his second win of the year in his third start and Montreal now goes home or yes, I believe they go home or they're going to St. Louis. One of the two things they play the blues on Saturday, uh, another tough test, but this is a nice win for the Canadians in a battle of teams at different points in their rebuilds. I want to say that they are going to St. Louis? I don't know. Um, This is locked on tired, folks. We are going to get it together in time for November. We promise. We do. We promise. Uh, In the meantime, this game, one of our resources that we always go to during games, before games, after games, Natural Stat Trick, one of my favorite things that they do is they have a heat map. And they show the chances that the Canadians have, where there's, or each team has, where they're scoring from, and how, essentially, how dangerous they are. Like, where the most uh, potent shots are coming from. And at some point this game, I want to say it was midway through the second, the heat map showed essentially a giant, like, extremely hot blob just directly in the, basically in the goal mouth, essentially. Uh, And uh, that that goes to show, one, uh, how much more the Canadians have to do to to shore up their defense but two uh how well Samuel Montalvo played now I think with the defense we often praise it and I think we praise it because we have 
pretty low expectations. It's not that the team plays badly. I think it's that this is what they're capable of. You've got the emerging guys like Jordan Harris or Caden Gooley or Arbor Jackeye. You can't forget him. Um, and then you've got just just guys who are not terrible, but they're not they're not stud defensemen. They're not superstars. They're nothing elite. Um, and they play to their level or even more. It's just that as a whole, I find that the defense, we talked about this before, it's a question mark. It's going to remain a question mark until they have all of their depth and their stars into place. And hopefully two to three years from now when they start making the playoffs, they figured it out. Uh, I think one thing that I did notice this game as well was Brendan Gallagher played really well. Uh, seems to have been drinking from the fountain of youth. Uh, you know, a lot of people remarked that the rumors of his demise have been greatly exaggerated. And I think that's true. I do think, though, as a whole, the things that are always plaguing the Canadians are things that they still need to work on, like the power play. The the power play is atrocious, and I just want to touch on the defense real quick. Uh, David Savard, you know, he wasn't above water possession-wise, but this might be one of the best games I've seen him play in a Canadian's uniform. Collected a pair of assists on the last two goals of the game there. Played a ton of minutes, and that means Caden Gooley played a ton of minutes, shorthanded and otherwise. And again, at the top of the possession charts, just Jordan Harris and Jonathan Kovacevic, just the most unheralded pair of defensemen. I think they have maybe two points between them on the season, and yet they've been arguably the most consistent pair. And speaking of consistency and not in a good way, the power play sucks. Like we're not, I'm not going to, you know, do the nice thing where it's like, ah, well, it's not good. They had some looks that were better. And at this point, they got to try anything else. Mike Hoffman is the last line of defense. Not a good thing. Chris Weidman not working. You can see Jordan Harris can distribute the puck well. You know Arbor Jack I can shoot. You know Caden Gooley can do both. The time has come to Just put them there. Give them the opportunity. I'm not asking to make it a permanent thing, but what do you have to lose? The power play is clicking along at 5% or something like that. It It's so bad. And sorry, Jay, we do love you, but the Blue Jackets power play is the only one that's worse than the NHL at zero. Give it a few games and it's going to be... Yeah, when do, they play the, when do they play the Habs? Because like I'm sure that's when it'll that'll all change. It's... I, I just want to see them try something new here. Five forwards on the power play. Great. Why are you trying that before just trying a different defenseman? It feels like an overcorrection to an, a problem they don't know how to solve yet. So there's options there. And, you know, why not? You're trying to figure out who can do what in this season. Rem Pitlick, probably not that guy in the power play. Mike Hoffman as the last line defense, probably not that guy. Give them an opportunity and let them cook with something new back there. And it it can't get worse, hopefully. Just, just Anyways, just, 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 put, just put Ghouli there just, or hair or, or just or, for or, a or little bit or anyone, just try any, it. anyone else. Me. You can put me there. I'll be fine with that. Um, at least it'll be something different. I don't know how to skate. Um. <laughs> don't worry. Either there's other people in the Habs. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Um, you know, what's not fine, though, is that we've gone this far without answering a mailback question. So that is, in fact, what we are going to do in just one 
moment. But first, betonline.net is your number one source for betting football and the start of the new basketball season. We're about to start the World Series. There's that as well. You're going to find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth analysis on every single game. And as always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. It's the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. All right, Scott, are you ready for some mailbag questions? I was born ready for mailbag questions one way or the other. Uh, I know we got a good chunk uh, when we put out our thing. And as always, if you do want to send us mailbag questions, you can tweet us at LO underscore Canadians or longer questions, LockedOnCanadians at gmail.com. Or as always, drop them in the YouTube comments. Just do not be a jerk because the world has enough of those and we don't need more running around the comment sections. So, uh, Laura, what do we have today in terms of mailbag questions? So I just wanted to point out um, one of our, our, or shout out one of our listeners. We've got Rick Bengal, who has been a loyal listener and YouTube watcher for a long time. And um, send us a picture of a dog, which we always appreciate. Please send us dog pictures. We're always happy uh, for that. And also, you know, stories of how, how you became a Habs fan um and his dog's name is red greyhound named red for the habs and he sent us a picture of him as a child in a habs jersey so please do that like that is the kind of mail we love we love questions because it helps drive our um our show but we also really love mail about you know whether you became a habs fan we love when people tell stories about when they came here maybe you know you brought your dad here for the first time and it was a bonding experience all of that stuff or your kid all of that kind of stuff. We love that kind of mail. So we've got uh, from longtime listener and uh, friend of the show, Simon J, uh, sending us this interesting question, which I'm very excited for Scott to answer. Hey guys, what are the best, funniest, oldest, and most Terrian combinations for overtime that you can put together out of the current players on the Habs roster? Oh, all right. Um, What's that the best? Include... Okay, let's do the best. What the is best the best combination they can that they can put out there, including people who are injured or just healthy right now? Just everybody who's currently on the roster, whether they're on IR or not. Uh, in overtime, you go and you put um, Matheson on the blue, Mike Matheson on the blue line, Nick Suzuki and Cole Caulfield, and then follow that up with Caden Gooley, Sean Monahan, and Kirby Doc. Love it. Uh, What's the funniest? Uh, out of the current roster, David Savard, Jonathan Kovacevic, and Michael Pizzetta <laughs> as as the starting to overtime. It's two dudes who can't skate and a guy who is known for hitting people in the face with his fists. So admittedly, I would like to see Michael Pizzetta in the lineup again at some point, but that is by far the funniest thing I can possibly think of. It's the slowest overtime you can imagine. <laughs> What is the oldest? I don't actually know who the oldest players on this roster are. I want to say it's going to be Savard, Allen, and then Dodonov, I believe, is probably the oldest guy on the roster uh, besides Allen and um, Savard. So you're going to have a goalie playing forward uh, at that point if you want the oldest one. And the youngest one would be 
I think it'd be Gouli, Slavkovsky, and then I want to say Jacki would be the other young guy, the other youngest player they would have there, which is a wild thing to think about. So we have options at both ends of the spectrum for that. And what is the most Tarian combination for OT that you can think of from the current roster? Uh, <laughs> oh, man. Uh, it would be probably Druan, Dvorak, and then Savard. If Ben Sherratt were still here, it would be Ben Sherratt. But that was definitely a Dom Ducharme thing, too. So the roster is decidedly untarian for the most part because Tarian just kind of defaulted to Thomas Placanitz and Max Pacioretty with P.K. Subban or Andre Markov, and that was his choice. Until and then he yelled at them. Yes, because it's three on three overtime, and it's literally a coin flip if your shot goes wide. So, oh man, now I want to go back and like look at some of the line combinations Tarian would have thrown out in three on three overtime because they could not have been good. Uh, our good friend Mike Berenick uh, has sent us a fun scenario. Pretend you are the general manager for the Habs and the Chicago Blackhawks have just won the draft lottery and you have the seventh overall pick. So the Canadians, top seven. We said that we would pro- they would probably get a top seven pick, right? We're hoping for top five. Yes. Um, this is the Connor Bedard draft. Without any warning, Chicago approaches you and offers the first overall pick for Suzuki Slavkovsky and your seventh overall pick. Would you do it? No. No. It's Connor Bedard. I, I understand that. And at the same time, you're giving up a top 10 pick in a very stacked draft, which right now I'm on Tankathon. Number seven overall is Leo Carlson who is very good in his own right. You are giving up your team captain and number one center, and then your previous number one overall pick. You're giving up a lot of first round picks to move up for Connor Bedard, who is incredible. That's a lot to give up if you are a rebuild. If the Canadians, if Nick Suzuki was exiting his prime and this was a team that wanted to make that splash and add that, yes. But the Canadians right now, aren't in the business of selling off a lot of assets in a way that I would be comfortable with. And that makes me uncomfortable because they don't have, yes, Connor Bedard could probably replace Nick Suzuki immediately, but there it's just not a chance I want to take right now uh, for the Canadians or would take right now. I should say. I think I, I think I agree with you on that. I really do. I feel like it's, it's you're you're giving up a lot yeah like it 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 is admittedly a lot to potentially give up for you're hoping it's a good thing and yeah Connor Bedard's probably going to be a more sure bet than Uri Slavkovsky was but at the same time you're giving up so so much that are you tilting this scale too much in one direction and if I knew that, like, yeah, there's other pieces coming to that or there's more that, like, Kirby Doc was confirmed to become a regular top six NHL center or Christian Dvorak stepped up or someone else, like, is guaranteed to step in and replace Nick Suzuki the year after, great. But without knowing that, I don't think I could actually pull the trigger on that trade. I think I think that's the thing. It's like it's it's all your eggs in one basket, and that's the part that I'm a little bit uncomfortable with. 
Um, we have some time for some of our YouTube questions and then we're going to move a couple of them to the next segment. If anyone is wondering, I'm reading these questions because again, we are locked on extremely tired. Usually the host will answer the questions, but this time um, the host is also asking the questions and putting the other person on the spot. Um, our friend Rick B. Mailback questions. Spencer Knight may be on the trade block in Florida. What would you give up for Spencer Knight? Why is my first question is why is Spencer Knight on the trade block? Well, no, because Florida, Florida doesn't have weird decisions. Like, I don't understand like why Florida Panthers. It's like Florida, Florida team is like Florida man. Like they just do things that you can't explain. I mean, that's a good point, but like was is is like is Sergey Bobrovsky suddenly that good that like you know, you're trading away, you're willing to trade away Spencer Knight. Like, who they have? Alex Lyon, Matt Guzda, Kirill Grismak. Like, I don't see anyone in there that, like, I would happily, you know, give up something to get a quality NHL backup or potential starter in Spencer Knight there. Uh, I do think that's something that you, I don't know if it's a first round pick because he is not a proven starter. I I am blown away that Florida has him on the trade block for any reason whatsoever. I sure I I would I would be willing to entertain that though, assuming that they would also then probably move Jake Allen somewhere and get a haul in return for him, unless they're just swapping goalies then, which I might be okay with despite Jake Allen's total professionalism here. But I'm absolutely gobsmacked that he would be on the trade block for the Florida Panthers right now. So the answer to your question is why is Spencer Knight yes. <laughs> on the trade block? That's the answer, Rick. Uh, and we have our Twitter questions and a couple more YouTube questions and that's all in one moment. But first, you know, I have to tell you about simply safe because the numbers don't lie. In the last decade, over 4 million people have chosen Simply Safe Home Security to protect their home, and you don't earn the trust of that many people without doing something right. At Simply Safe, your safety is the only thing that matters, and I know because I use Simply Safe in my own home. They protect you with cutting-edge security technology powered by 24/7 professional monitoring agents who always have your back. And I love it because it knows what is the difference between a real threat and a threat in your home. And you know that it's protecting your home, your family, your safety, your valuables, everything. Honestly, it's, 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 it's a no brainer if you want to protect your property. So all you gotta do is customize the perfect system for your own home, just like we've done in just a few minutes at simplysafe.com slash locked on NHL. Save 20% on your Simply Safe security system when you sign up for an interactive monitoring plan and get your first month free. Visit simplysafe.com slash locked on NHL to learn more. There is no safe like Simply Safe. All right, Scott, um, we have a question from longtime listener, a uh, friend of the show. Uh, Paul Bryan show. We forgot to answer it last week. We had like a flurry of mailback questions and then we ran out of time and then we tried to dig up all the old ones. Like, <laughs> like I said, we're going to get it together in November. We promise. November is going to be, we're going to get back on track. Uh, and the question is Seattle's mascot. Why? How long does, are they calling him Bowie or Bo? Bowie? Buoy. It's buoy. Right? Like it's the Bowie. thing that floats in the water. No, no, I know. I know that's what they named it after, but 
I like haven't been listening, so obviously I don't know what they. <laughs> I, I, I was I, like, everyone's mad about a mascot, but I haven't watched a single Seattle game. Everyone's mad about a mascot. What a change for hockey Twitter here, <laughs> Jesus. Um, um, and how long does Bowie last in a cage match versus Gritty? Gritty wins all of them. I mean, yeah, Gritty's going to win. Uh, I think people are underrating Bowie a little bit here because it's a monster from the sea, for God's sakes. Like, you know, don't underestimate that. You know, in a cage, yeah, Gritty's going to win because Gritty is absolutely insane. But you get in your body water and Bowie's going to beat Gritty with a rusty anchor that he dragged out of the Puget Sound. And you don't want that because I've seen it happen. It's gross. It's terrifying. Um, my whole thing with this is people mad about a mascot. Do You do realize you are mad about a person in a costume, correct? It, it, it does not impact your life in any way, shape, or form. It's mainly for kids and for entertainment at a hockey game. Okay, I listen, need everyone I to realize <laughs> it's not that deep. It's not that deep. I promise okay. you. That's a pun. That's a, that's a buoy pun. Um, um, I know you think that, Scott, but I also know that the other NHL mascots are just some gritty and they hate well, yeah, because Gritty went viral. That's why. So, like, they can deal with it. It's fine. It's fine. It's not. It, like, literally, these are grown men in costumes that are jealous of another grown man in a costume. And that costume has a purple belly button. Like, this is, I'm I'm 100% for real. Like, this is this is true. This is real. Just ask any of the well-connected sources in the NHL. Um, and I think they have a hate chat about him, too. That's just, go to therapy. Go to therapy. <laughs> I can't reveal my sources, but um, I'm not gonna. I'm not that. asking not you to. I'm just saying you'll have heard this on. I'm just saying just... people need to go to therapy. It, it, <laughs> just stop it, all of you. Stop it and get help, please. I'm begging you. I really wish I could show you the proof um, to our listeners, but it, it is 100 percent true. I cannot reveal my sources, but I've heard it on another podcast, which is why I'm reporting it as well. Um, all right, real quick, KCD, who takes us on walks with him? It must be beautiful. Like the, the fall walks in the parks right now, like Montreal is gorgeous. It's been gorgeous for the last two weeks. Uh, if you could build an ultimate team by using 90s hockey superstars, who would make the cut? Uh, five Yarmir Yagers and one Dominic Hasek. Can I do that? You didn't say I couldn't. Um, if, I, if I actually had to do this, there would be a Gretzky, a Yager, and a Pavel Bure on that list and then on defense you would have oh man i got i gotta dip back here a little bit into the 90s um i want to say i would take i want to say nicholas lidstrom and i'd still pick dominic hasek on the back end but someone oh man there's so many players that I grew up watching whose names I cannot remember right now. And it's going to drive me nuts. You know what? Four forwards. We're going to take Mario Lemieux as well from the nineties. And we're going to have Yager, Lemieux, Gretzky, Beret, and then um, the Def- Nicholas Lidstrom with Dominic Hasek and net. And that is the team I am going with right now. Do you know what's really cool is that there's a bunch of people I thought of that you didn't even mention. <laughs> Um, and I will build, let's, let's do this. Let's ask our listeners and I'm going to build a couple of teams myself and post them on Twitter. Uh, mostly because I want to move on to the next question because it is Scott, what is the best Pokemon starter of all time? Of all time? Oh man. Like, all right. Are we talking aesthetically 
or are we talking usefulness? Our friend JD from Locked on Sharks asked that question. So I hope that gives you some kind of context. That's literally aesthetically, I read the question it, verbatim. Aesthetically, it's always going to be Charizard. Charizard is always the coolest starter you could have picked. I, however, have a soft spot for Cyndaquil from uh, Generation 2 of Pokemon. That's Gold, Silver, Crystal. Functionally, picking Piplup or um, Mudkip in Generation 3 or 4 is the best functional choice you can make early on because eventually Piplup evolves all the way into Empoleon, who gets a Steel type and adds to its depth. And then Mudkip has a Ground type, which helps prevent against electric attacks. If you are listening to me be a nerd here at 31 years old, how have you made it this far without realizing I have done this yet? Uh, aesthetically, Cyndaquil and Charmander are always going to be favorites of mine. Shout out to Grookey from uh, Gen 8 in Sword and Shield. Big, big fan as well. I totally understood all the things that you said. I was totally listening for the last two minutes and understanding every single thing. Our friend Goalie Droid, what do you think it would take to fix the Habs organizational power play? Because even the Rockets power play is bad. Do we need to shake the PP coaches until something falls out? Okay, um, I never I never want you to say the phrase shake the PP coach again. <laughs> I just want... I read it verbatim. <laughs> I understand, but I anyways. This, this is a family. This... went off the rails despite my efforts to, to keep it. I, I, I was reading the questions verbatim. <laughs> this is a family show. Uh, my biggest <laughs> thing is they should subscribe to our podcast and listen to us at least a little bit, a little, a little tiny bit. So like, you know, just try new things. The rocket power play hasn't been bad. It's just, it's frustrating and that they can't get set up the way they want to. And they're not trying anything new. They're just kind of, ramming against that wall over and over and over again and it's just try literally anything else that's all i'm asking you at this point yeah i think like my entire philosophy on the power play this season has been whatever it is you're doing have you tried not doing that that's literally it that's all like that's all you need to do have you tried Uh, unplugging it and plugging it back in again essentially that's that's exactly what what we want them to do Uh, our friend rock smasha both the Ducks and the Oilers AGMs were in the building against the Wild. What do you think might be cooking here? My bet is a three-way trade to send Klingberg to Edmonton, 75% salary retained, as a sign-and-trade for Montreal. Allegedly, this is this almost happened before uh, Monaghan, for the Monaghan trade. I, I'm Sorry, very... Rob Smasha, I, I didn't read this question verbatim. I read this very messed up. <laughs> My my thought with that is, where are they going to put another defenseman now? Is that Matheson and Edmondson are almost back. And unless they're planning on sending some of these young guys down to the AHL, like Harris hasn't deserved to really be sent down. Jack guys had a little bit of rough moments, but he hasn't really lost his spot. It kind of sends the wrong message that, hey, we want to bring this guy in instead. Uh, I'd... If I looking at that, I think I wouldn't be shocked if they were looking at someone like Christian Dvorak um, with someone like Maxime Comtois going the other way. That's a name that's been thrown around is tied to Montreal for the last year and a half or so. And I can see the Canadians doing that because Comtois might be a guy that just needs a change of scenery and he doesn't fit in with the Ducks anymore. And Dvorak fits their need. They need another guy down the middle uh, to try and get to that next level. 
they might be looking at someone like a Sean Monahan or an Evgeny Dodonov, but I don't think this early in the season, AGMs are there for rentals. I think they're looking for long-term solution pieces and someone like Christian Dvorak, a Josh Anderson, um, hopefully it's Mike Hoffman fits in that role a little bit. Uh, speaking of Comtois, uh, Gino asks Max Comtois and Kevin Shattenkirk. Kevin Shattenkirk is still in the league. Yeah, the somehow, somehow. <laughs> I I was shocked too. Okay, so these two to the Habs for Hoffman, Jake Evans, and Matthias Norlander. What do you think? I don't think so. I was with you until you put Norlander in there. And I think that the Habs aren't willing to give up on him just yet. Cause Shattenkirk's washed. Uh, he's not good anymore. And I don't think Comtois has the clout to pull three players, two of which are bona fide NHLers and one who is on the fringe of doing that at this point. Um, he doesn't and two have of them are young too. Exactly. I mean, yeah, Evans j- just hit 25. So it's like, he, he isn't that valuable that he needs to command that much in terms of a return there. That Comtois could be just a straight swap. It could be draft picks for all I know. Uh, but he's not worth Evans and Hoffman and Norlinder. Evans and Hoffman, okay, maybe. But adding Norlinder in there makes it a no-go for me. Ryan asks, simple question this time. Do you think the Habs should be in on Ethan Bear? Yes. I know I just said, you know, why are they doing this with defense? But Ethan Bear is someone that I'm really interested in who has not gotten a fair shake in Carolina and was very good in Edmonton. And I I do think he'd be a fun add for the Canadians. He's still young enough that he fits in with that timeline of guys that are developing, has NHL experience, and I would not be opposed to seeing Ethan Bear in the lineup uh, for the Canadians. So, um chenandler bong 76 on twitter uh sorry on youtube on youtube um there's a question that we missed from you and yes we do want you to repost it but in the meantime here are the questions that we didn't miss one watch the secret base video on the senator's collapse and i just realized that the habs will they will have theirs in the future am i wrong here well hopefully not in the near future I mean, Urinating Tree did one on the on the Canadian Stanley Cup and just everything that followed the year after that. And despite the name, uh, when he does in-depth history looks, they're very, very good. I highly recommend his series on the Houston Oilers. And he he combines humor and actual historical coverage very, very well. He's done a good one on Aaron Rodgers and the Packers playoff woes. Uh, I don't see it being the same way because the Senators were volatile with the way Eugene Melnick ran the team. And that was different than the Canadians who just had a GM who wasn't as good as he thought he was. There's been a million Mark Bergevans in the NHL. Eugene Melnick was an especially exceptional case to everything else in terms of ownership. He He's akin to kind of what Dan Snyder is in the NHL or NFL, maybe not as bad as Snyder, but that level of utility is what makes that secret base video so special for that. And thank you for reminding me to actually sit down and watch that. The next question is how many wins will the Habs get in their reverse retro Jersey? Got they won what one game in them the previous year. They're playing what eight games in them. I'm going to say three. And if I'm wrong, I'm going to be wrong, but (laughs) I think I'll say four and four to be honest. 
Um, I'm not just doing that just to, you know, for a happy middle. Like I, I think that the Canadians in general at this point, like if they're, if they're even close to 500, we're going to be great. Uh, and then finally, unless there's a sudden loss of confidence in the player, the sense I'm getting is that Gooley, Harris, and Jacki will stick with the club the entire season, even when Matheson and Edmondson are back. What do you guys think? My thought is they might get yo-yoed uh, just in terms of cap space for stuff, depending on how things are going. But I don't anticipate any of them staying with the rocket for any actual amount of time that's uh, prominent. They might play a game or two just to keep fresh. There's a pause in the schedule. Uh, there is a bye week, I believe. I'm not sure how that lines up with the rocket schedule, but they may ask, Hey, do you want to go to the AHL to continue to play games or do you want a rest? And they'll probably leave it up to them in that regard. Same for all-star break or whatever it is. I can see them playing some games for the rocket at that time, but it'll be of their choice, not because they were forced out of the lineup. And that does it for our mailback questions. Remember that you can email them to us at lockedoncanadians at gmail.com. You can also tweet them at LO underscore Canadians. You can leave them in the YouTube comments. Don't be a jerk. Also, if I don't answer that I, that I kept it, or that I added it to the mailbag, please repost it because we probably missed it. We get a lot of comments and I have to wade through a lot of mean ones and delete them or block people. So please, if you if we don't ask your question, please ask it again. Uh, you can also follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Canadians. As I said, you can follow Scott at Scott Matley. You'll follow me at The Active Stick. Do not forget to subscribe to this podcast wherever you get your podcasts, as well as on YouTube. And on YouTube, don't forget to hit the little bell so that we you can get you get notified every time we go live. And like I said, in November, we're going to have it a lot more together than we do. So looking forward to that. And we will talk to you next week.